0: Welcome into the No Catch-Up Hotline. I am your host, Sean Little. I got a guy on that I've been trying to get on the pod for a minute now. We've had a couple misunderstandings, a couple things come up. You know how life goes. You, you always got something coming up, and you want to have a clear head before you start talking sports and hoops and all that stuff. But I finally got him on, formerly known as At Swag Air, the Chicago hoops king, Daniel Poneman. What's up, baby? What's up? Well,
1: I'm, I'm happy we finally got to make this happen. You know, it's one of those things But you work – When you love your work as much as me, you take it as seriously as I do, Uh, inevitably, half of the days of the week, something happens during the workday that that affects me so emotionally that if someone says, hey, let's have fun and talk on the radio for an hour after work, I'm just like, I'm not in the right emotional space for that. So I'm happy that you finally caught me on a day where I feel good and nothing bad. Nothing bad happened except that I got two parking tickets, but in the grand scheme of things, um, that's, that's,
0: that's, you know, small, that's small. small Yeah, no doubt. I, that's what I like to hear. And of course, man, when you get, when you get caught up in all your, your work stuff and something goes wrong, you, uh, the last thing you want to do is actually hop on the, hop on the phone and deal with me. So yeah, I understand that, bro. No worries, man. I'm glad we finally got you on. Yeah,
1: but today was a good day an inspiring day. I feel good (laughs) and happy Need these more often, so I'm psyched to be, psyched to finally be on the pod. I wanted to give you my best work, so I'm happy, happy to be here and psyched to be here.
0: Hey, no doubt, man. I'm glad you came on. Thank you again. Hey, and uh, you're mad up, B for getting two parking tickets because I've seen that take a couple people out for the day. One, not yeah. even two. One, one parking ticket take you out for the day. But you got two, and yeah, you, and so you I got beat back to
1: the city, and I hadn't gotten any in a month. Or two months since I moved back, and then I got two in a day. So there, there, you have it.
0: There you go. See, so you're back now. I didn't even know that you're back in the city living full time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I moved back. Okay. Now I'm announcing it publicly. I was trying to be low key. Right. So that's why you didn't know. Be low key and just fly back into town, and maybe we'll think I'm busy. But yeah, now it's, now, <laughs> now it's I was open. I've moved back to Chicago.
0: Okay. Word, man. That's good to hear, man. Welcome back, bro. I'm glad you're. Uh, I'm glad Thank you're back you. in the city, bro. Thank you. All right. First off, if you guys don't know about Daniel Poneman, DP, first off, you're not in the loop in Chicago hoops if you don't know who that is. Started Illinois High School Basketball.com at 14 years old. Now, that's a, that's a feat within itself because at 14, man, I don't even know what I was doing at 14. I definitely wasn't starting anything from scratch, and I definitely wasn't putting anything on the Internet, and I definitely wasn't grinding and thinking big picture like you were at 14 years old. So that's all ridiculous currently a basketball scout analyst overall chicago hoops insider is that, is that fair to say
1: that that's fair
0: <laughs> that's 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 what I, when i think of you and see what you do it's like this dude's just an insider he's like he's like woge of chicago hoops low-key
1: yeah well you know i was for a long time that was that was just kind of what my role was like people said well what do you do what's your job it's is like i'm just a basketball person you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm I wear different hats depending on the day, and I mean that's still the case. You know, I have a new profession which we'll talk about now. You know, in the basketball world, but it's it, that's not that's what I do is not who I am, and it's always just you know I'm just a a uh, it's like um, like the art of war. They say you have to be like water, right? You just have to kind of fill right. whatever whatever role you're in and just kind of wherever you need to be, and you have to be uh, versatile. And and that's kind of what I've always been. I've been a basketball basketball guy.
0: That's what's up. That's actually a great way to put it. I like that. So talk to me about one of the big projects you got in the works right now is you're a producer on a film coming out called Shot in the Dark. It's about uh well, you'll tell me a little bit about it, but just to give a little, a little, a little prelim, it's about or high school, west side of Chicago, basketball, just kind of follows around the players, what they have to go through to, you know, stay on course to play ball and play ball at a high level. Talk to me about that. Tell me about that. Tell me how that's going, what it's looking like, what made you start that. And uh, why you're excited about it?
1: Yeah, well, we're actually it's very exciting. We started this project six years ago, and I'll get you. I'll tell you the whole story of how it started and what happened. But we actually were in the final stages of making a sale right now, so you'll, you guys will all be able to see it um, soon.
0: Congratulations! Um,
1: no yeah, thank you. But it's not done. Over, it's not done. The ink hasn't dried. I got you. Um, I got yeah. you. But, um, but yeah, so. You know, it, it's, it, it's not when you give an elevator pitch. It's like Hoop Dreams, but 20 years later, right? It's like people say, well, Hoop Dreams have already been made. You know, and, and, and everyone knows a hoop dream. They're the Hoop Dreams, the documentary Hoop Dreams. But what I always say, people say, well, Hoop Dreams has already been made. It's like, well, Spider-Man's been made too, but every few years they make a new one because it's the same um, concept, but different storylines, different things. Spider-Man can always find different things to, you know, uh, trouble to get in and people to save. So really, we followed high school basketball players in the city of Chicago from the time they entered high school to the time they went to college. And just everything, you know, inevitably, when you follow kids from Chicago, something's going to go wrong. Something's are going to go good, and they're going to be fighters and persevere. So, like the way that this film started was we didn't actually plan it out. I had a couple of friends um, who were who were working in New York, and they they actually were Evanstonians. Um, I wasn't friends with these guys. It was Dustin, Nacal, Heather, and Ben Bogle, and they were working in New York, and they wanted to make a short about something having to do with Chicago basketball. This was right after Derrick Rose won MVP. So this was 2012, 2011, yeah. like that. Like, right around that time, and they were like, we want to do a short about something having to do with Chicago basketball. So they hit me up and they asked about Jabari Parker, and they asked if I could get in touch with Jabari to film a, a you know, web short about him. So I hit up Jabari, and people don't know that Jabari Parker is a Mormon. So he's a very religious guy. He was in high school at the time. Yeah, I did not know
0: that. Him.
1: You didn't know that? Yeah, so Jabari is yeah. about Mormon, like, during high school, he used to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to, you know, uh, b- Bible class before school like three days a week. Like he is devout about his religion, um which is just interesting. Like people think, like, oh well, he's a black man. You know, Mormons aren't black, but his mother is from Tonga, where it's actually like a heavy Mormon population there. So, and then his father converted. So he's yeah, he's like, you know, it, it was actually a question when he was coming out of high school if he was going to do a. uh a mission for two years before going to college, but he didn't. Um anyway, so so they hit me up about doing a short about short film about Jabari and he was I hit him up and he was in Utah at like Mormon, you know, camp for the summer. So he couldn't we, we couldn't film with him that week they were going to be in town. So I said, you know what? Instead of doing this story about Jabari, which his life is good, he has a good family, everything's going great for him. There wouldn't be that much drama. Why don't we do a film about a real Chicago kid, a kid who maybe isn't that superstar, but
0: you can tell the real
1: story of Chicago through him. Right. So they actually wanted to still have some star power in there. So I said, well, why don't we take Tyquan Greer, who's a kid who I know who went to Orr Academy, good kid, good basketball player, but had a lot of rough circumstances. And then Jaleel Okafor, who everyone knows is on the 76ers now. So it's two kids, same age, live 10 minutes apart in the same city, but living two completely different experiences. Jaleel being the superstar at this nice glossy school with the young and Taekwondo kind of living in the trenches. Right. So we made this short film about these two guys. It was called ball so hard. And it came out on you, it's on YouTube. And during the filming of that, we just fell in love with this kid, Taekwondo Greer. We fell in love with the character. Um, we fell in love with, you know, who he was. And we all kind of looked at each other and we said, you know, we we want to keep following this kid. Um, so what started as, you know, one trip to Chicago turned into two, turned into three, turned into four. And we ended up spending five years following this kid's life. And um, a lot of, I mean, you got to watch a movie to know, but a lot of like really amazing things happened, positive and And he persevered and he's going to graduate college this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that movie. You all will all be able to see it um, this December or January. So, yeah, and uh, it's it's been. I did not think I was gonna. It's funny. The funny thing about that is, I never intended to be a movie producer. But basically, the filmmakers wanted to make this film, and I can't. You can't just tell guys like, "All right, well, here's where the hood is located. Drive right there. <laughs> show
0: just drop them off and be like, "Yo, f- film these, film these guys. You're good.
1: Yeah, have fun film them. So I had to kind of be like the. The translator interpreter because like, like i had to be there with them every day right so it went from me driving them every day to all right let me hold these bags to so let me schedule this shoot let me help you write the interviews let me help schedule uh, you know the interviews to i before i knew it i was playing the role of producer and i didn't even know what a producer was i'd never been a producer
0: right. and then before
1: you knew it here i am i'm a film producer and i got an imdb page and you know i've worked on other films since then so it's, it's it's, it's been it's been cool. You never know. The lesson is, kids. You never know what you're capable of until you just
0: just do it. Just start doing stuff. Yeah. Tell me tell me how Greer was throughout the process. Was he open to it? Was he all about it? Did you have to Did you have to coerce him into like, yo, man, this could be something special? I like to follow you around. Was he open? Was he not? Was his family kind of standoffish with the camera stuff like that? Talk, talk to me about that. Well,
1: here's the funny thing about Taekwom was like the. The reason so many things in his life happened because of chance and happen just because of like you never things that seem you know, it almost seems like a miracle. It's just like what were the odds? Like we could not have picked a better subject than Taekwondo from like he's just personable, he's likable, he's lovable, he, he understood the dynamic of the camera and the story we were telling it, and a lot of crazy stuff happened. Am I allowed to say curse words?
0: Yeah. Of course. A man. lot of crazy. Do your shit. Thing. Yeah, a lot of crazy
1: shit happened happened in his life throughout like like positive and negative we couldn't have picked a more interesting subject but um the way that we picked him was he kind of picked me like i was the guy in chicago basketball at the time i made all the highlight videos for youtube and the interviews and the blogs and this and that so people knew if i if i go see your game and you play well that could change your life so the kids knew that so taekwon actually sought me out he would see me at games. This happened like three different times. He he would run up to me at a game at AAU tournament and be like, Hey Dan, like I'm Taekwond, like you gotta come see me play. I'd be like, Okay, okay, yeah, sure. Like I'll see you next time. And the next time he would come to me, Dan, you gotta see me play I wouldn't even remember him for the last time. So it took him three different times of like running up to me at tournaments and, and games and saying, like, You gotta come to my court and watch me play before I actually took initiative and went and watched him play. And his AAU team had him, it was had Tyler Ewis who Yeah um is now on the Suns, and Tyler had Tyler Weidman, who's now on Butler. It had uh, a lot of other good players, but and he wasn't the best player on the team. But there was one play I remember in that game that I went and saw him play, where he was he ran up the the, the, the middle of the lane and caught the ball one step inside the free throw line and, and yammed one, and I was just like, wow, like he right. really is good. There's a reason he wanted me to see him play. And I already had a relationship with his coach or Lou Adams because I made highlight videos of a lot of his players the previous year. So I'd already been at a relationship there. So that, that game where I saw Taquan throw down that dunk was probably a week before du- before Jabbar Parker said he couldn't do this. So when Dusty asked me, you know, who, who, who's a good kid for this, Taquan was fresh on my mind. So if he hadn't come up and bugged me at all those tournaments trying to get him get me to see him play, he would still be an anonymous person. But because – he was fresh on my mind. He was the first person I thought of. And I sent Dusty a list of like four different guys that we could use, but he was number one on the on the list, and, and that's the one we chose. And, and it was all, you know, up to chance.
0: And, yeah, dude, funny how he, that works, yeah. Yeah,
1: and because of that, like like he already had that personality, that outgoing personality that he would walk up to me and try and solicit me to come to his game. So he was ready when the cameras were there. It wasn't one of those things where he was showing up to shoots with a chain on and trying to not – like he would just was um, – unabashedly himself. Like he only knew how to be himself. And he was like, he wasn't showing out for the him. camera.
0: He was just kind of being himself doing his thing. This is my everyday type thing. Right.
1: Like, he was confident in a way that like, he didn't even know he was, he was confident. He just was himself and was comfortable in his skin, comfortable in a situation. Like not, not to get too much away. When we started filming, his mother had just suffered a stroke. His house had just burned down. He's living on the west side of Chicago and he had just been, he ended up at Orcas. He got kicked out. Of, he went to St. Re- Patrick high school. Where he was a football player on scholarship and got kicked out. So oh, on paper, his situation was horrible, but um, he was not ashamed of any of it. He just didn't, wasn't sad about his situation. He was happy. He was confident. He was waking up every day with a smile and he just was just like truly himself in every moment. And um, he was vulnerable to the camera. He was real with the camera. His, his parents, and like, I had a trust level with him, so his parents, you know, learned to have a trust level with me, and I already had a trust level with the coaches at at Orr, and you'll find out in the film, like, Lou Adams, the coach there, is like, the leader of that whole neighborhood, like, he, of parts of Chicago, that he's just like, the boss, so, if he is cool with me, everyone has to be cool with me. So we never had any problems with people being paranoid or not wanting to be filmed. In. At the end of the day, people, if they trust you, people just want to tell their story. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. They, they want their voice to be heard. And when you put a camera on them, it kind of gives them an opportunity to do that. And that was a lot of ways the difference of what we did as opposed to something like these vice docs and other things where they enter Chicago, like almost like it's like a, a safari. They're like, well, here's, here's the block. No, <laughs> that's here's-. so true. Here's what happens and, and let me go enter, you know, JJ's room. And it's like, it's almost like they're like, yeah, like they come in for a week and they film and they like, it's like, yeah, it's like a safari where you're on your little, your Jeep and you can't actually be affected by what's going on outside of you. And um, instead of us telling the story, we let the story tell itself. We just turn on the camera for five years and let people talk and let them tell their own story and let the story play out. Like, you can't actually truly tell a story by just visiting something for a week. You have to live in it for a long time to let the story tell itself, and that's what we wanted to do.
0: Yeah, man. I'm excited to see it. I can't wait. I know we've been talking about it for a while now, so I'm glad you're getting some headway on getting it finally finished up. I know the ink's not not dro- not it's not locked in 100% yet, but hopefully it will be soon, and uh, we'll look out for that all day.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the world to see it. It's been a long, long time
0: coming. No doubt. All right, man, switching over to... You always got so many things going on, so I got a couple more things I know you're working on. A few months back, you uh, you ran point on something called the Evan Turner Showcase. Talk to me about that. What is it about? I know it's about, you know, showcasing young talent, young hoopers that may not necessarily be getting a look in some of these other showcases or big-time events. Um, talk to me about that. Tell me about it. Yeah, so you know,
1: that's my passion, kind of my, my, my biggest passion project. It's my favorite thing that I do um, every year. So yeah, hold on, just, probably, yeah,
0: hold on. Let me cut you off because, yeah, that's that's actually that's a perfect segue in what I'm about to say. I think that, like, yeah, your passion is kind of like, yo, man, you guys are sleeping on some hoopers out here in the city, man. Here's this guy I see on your Twitter feed all day. Here's I got a 6'4 shooting guard, can play D2 level, et cetera, et cetera. Hit me up. Is that, that that's kind of, that's like your bread and butter. That's what you like to do. You like to say, hey, man, you guys are missing on ballplayers out here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny with the Twitter stuff, like, because I've been associated with, like, a lot of NBA players and I've helped a lot of NBA players get on. People might think, like, that's strange for your brand. That's not on brand. That's not good for your brand to, you know, be tweeting about, like, hey, this junior, this is a junior college point guard or here's an look, D3 level kid. But, like, if I have that voice and I have that platform and I'm not using it to help people, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like and and that's what that's that's one of my biggest problems. And I'll get to the showcase. One of my biggest problems with the city is that like everywhere you look in the basketball culture, there's a lot of people um Politican. willing willing to, you know, quote unquote help if you know, help a kid and help the youngins if those youngins are D one or they you know, there's a profit to be made or there's there's ego gratification or attention to to be gotten from those kids. When there's kids who really, really, really need your help and there's nothing to gain, there's really very few people out there who have, like there's there's people willing to volunteer their time and coaches and mentors, but like people who have the connections and the high-level relationships that are willing to use that to truly help, very few out there. So I'm kind of taking it upon myself to make that my mission. And like I know one doesn't come without the other. If I spent my life as like a social servant and I was just out here trying to help, 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 I wouldn't be able to have as big of an impact if I play, am and able to play both sides of it. Like half my life is I work with NBA players. I represent professional athletes. I, I do branding and marketing and various things, a lot of high level companies and, and professional athletes. But at the same time, like that's all kind of just a way for me to um, fund and, and help my passion, which is helping under the radar hoopers get to college. So there's this like crazy inefficiency in, it's like any other kid in, in the CPS system, Chicago public schools. If you want to get them to go to college for free, it's really, really hard. They either have to go to a city school, they have to have a great grade. Like it's, it's tough. But there's a thing where, like, if you can dribble a basketball or you're like six foot six or or, or and can walk and shoot gum, like some school will let you go there for free. <laughs> which is which is crazy that you can just walk up to a kid who's six six and be like, "You're tall. I know you can go to school for free." Like, where else does that happen? Like, where else in American society is that, is there that kind of, like, inefficiency that you can exploit? So I've, like, learned how to exploit it. So I do my showcase every year, the Evan Turner Showcase. It used to be called Daniel Poneman Swag Air Showcase, and then I passed it off to, to Evan Turner because he, he funds it all, which, you know, God bless him for that. Right. You know, uh, like, when it started, I would do, um, half the kids would pay and half the kids would play for free. So I basically, in order to fund it, I would charge, you know, $50 a pop, for, for kids from, like, the suburbs and, you know, kids who have money to, to play. And for every kid that paid, I would let one kid who really needed it play for free, and that was my means of funding it. Yep. But then Evan stepped up and decided said, hey, I'm going to make sure that we can get as many kids as we want and they're, you know, free. So, um, you know, shout-out to the, Evan. Yeah, and that.
0: this is the first year it's been the Evan Turner Showcase. Is that correct?
1: This is the first year it's been the Evan Turner Showcase, correct. Okay, So cool. way, the way it started was um, – yeah, it was just like an unsigned senior showcase. It was just a way, like, all right, the season's done. All the D ones have picked out their guys, but there's still a lot of players left who the D ones didn't pick who are good enough to play college ball, and let's try and find them a place to play. So I would, you know, gather a list of all the best seniors in Chicago. I would go through the, the newspapers and the stats and find, oh, well, this kid's six foot seven but didn't put up good numbers, or this kid is, you know, five five nine but he averaged twenty a game, or this kid is, you know whatever at this underlook school in the, in the, in the red, in the, in the blue division, you know, like the lower divisions of the, the CPS and, and yeah. he can play or I would, I would call AAU coaches and high school coaches and say, Hey, do you have any kids who can hoop? So I'd get that list going. I would blast it out to all my college coach contacts and invite them to an event to see these kids play. So the first time we did it, um, like I lost a ton of money. Cause like I said, I was like, basically charging some kids, but I wouldn't let any kid out. We wanted to play, and then I was funding the rest out of pocket. But the first one was like probably 120 kids, and like 20 colleges came, and we got like a few kids' scholarships, and it was dope. Yeah. And each year we built on it. We built, built, built to the point where this year we had 250 players and 140 college coaches, and over half the kids are going to end up going to college for, for free um, on scholarship. So in one day, we we're able to create. Um, you know, millions of dollars. If you take a hundred, a hundred scholarships that are worth a hundred thousand dollars each, that's $10 million, I believe, uh, in scholarship dollars, you know, handed out in a day. Um, so we're just trying to build on that. You know, we hope to bring, bring this concept You know, we've kind of perfected it for Chicago. We want to bring it to, to women's basketball. We want to do more events like this, get the kids younger. Um, so we can help prepare them for college. not we get them into college but help prepare them for college. Um, we want to bring this concept to this model to different cities. We need we need more NBA players that are willing to step up and, and put up the money um, to pay for it because it, it's a really small donation for a huge
0: um, huge a returns huge,
1: huge returns to on drop the in the bucket and, for those guys. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, drop in the bucket to help a lot of kids. And this year we had you know Evan paid for it. Michael Carter Williams came out. Um, we've been in talks with some other NBA players about bringing the concept to different cities, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it, this is my passion, and then that event is kind of my Super Bowl every year, it's a way that all my hard work year-round kind of culminates into one, um, you know, one big splash. And like I say, like, hey, if you play in front of a hundred forty college coaches and you can't get an offer, you're probably not good enough to play in college, which is okay too. You can be good at right. other things, but like, if you show up and you show out, like, you're gonna go to school for free, and that's that's what it's all about.
0: No doubt, that's awesome, man. I know I meant to. Uh... I know I meant to get out there and check it out. I had something come up. We had talked about it before it came up. I was going to go out there and try to take some pictures, which would have been tight. But um, couldn't make it. It's all good. I'll catch the next one. But, yeah, man, that's awesome. All right, now let's get into a couple questions because I got to pick your brain on a couple things that I talk to my my boys about, I talk to my pops about, I talk, I ask myself. I just. Got, I got a couple questions that I want your insight on. First one is... Go ahead.
1: Not that absolutely, I'm ready.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, First, my first question is just your thoughts on Chicago hoops right now. What are they? How are they? And it's going to kind of lead into some other questions. Just where do you see them right now? Do you like where they are right now? And I'm not talking pro, because obviously we can go. We could talk all day on the Bulls. But I'm talking the stuff you work with on a the day-to-day, the, the youth stuff.
1: Man, hell no. Shit is fucked up right now. I mean, first off, like the talent is down and that's not, um, you know, there's so many, I mean, oh, you could you could blame it on social media culture and ball is life culture and all these other factors. I don't think that that's the issue. I think right now there's just a talent swoon. Like there was a talent boom when I was coming up, like my first year to Shawn Collins, John Shire, Patrick yeah. Beverly. Yep. And then it was Derek Rose, Evan Turner. And then it was. Iman Shumpert, Jeremy Richmond, Brandon, Paul, Jack Cooley. Um, Jabari, all those guys, uh, Jabari, Jaleel, Cliff yep. Alexander, Anthony Davis, just like year after year after year. Tyler Ullis, just like a, a, a great players of McDonald's All-Americans, and then um, things fell off and things have been tough, um, like not not good, and dry, and it's not ending anytime soon. Like there's some good kids. There's a uh, Horton Tucker from Simeon, I.O. from Morgan Park. There's some good players, but it's not it's not what it was when we were coming up. Where you go. You know, even the the middle of the pack players, you guys like Aaron Johnson from Hubbard and Deion Dixon from Crane, and you know,
0: yeah, Will uh, Bynum, like all those type of guys, Will
1: Bynum, yeah, Yeah, like everywhere you went, it was, it was, there was Hoopers, yeah,
0: there was Hoopers everywhere,
1: Hoopers, every game at these summer leagues were just hooping, and and yeah, part of it, maybe it was just, maybe it just seemed like it was better because I was a kid and it just seemed so much greater and cooler, and and they seemed so much more larger than life. And maybe it was because there wasn't um, YouTube and Baller's life, so you really had to be in the gym to see the battle. And then people weren't weren't bugging for Baller's life. And it's funny because I kind of brought that culture to Chicago with my Swagger mixtapes. But one, that's another issue I have is that like Baller's life. Well, I'm friends with the guy who runs run it. You know, overtime friends with the guy who runs it. You know, who mixtape friends with the guys who run it. Like it's great. It's entertainment. It's a business. But you know, it kind of.
0: You think that's watering uh, down just fundamental hoops?
1: It's not even fundamental hoops. I don't give a damn about fundamentals, but it's like... it's all. But about I mean, just the core out.
0: of just good basketball.
1: But, yeah, it's not about good basketball. Even to the, 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 the point of, like, they make, they film the games from under the hoop, which you can't even see a play develop. You can't see basketball. You can only see, it's almost like a music video. You see the high-flying, the angle, but you don't... Like, I used to film my highlight videos from half-court. Right. It's like film. You can actually scout a player. You can see, wow, he can really ball... Um, and I used to make my highlight videos not of the most exciting players, but just of all the guys in Chicago who could hoop Because I wanted to give people a chance to watch them. It's like, even the, the way they cut the videos, ball is life. It's like from the time they catch the ball to the time they, they don't, you don't get to see the play develop, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I have problems with that too. And the message that that sense, but I don't think that's a problem. I think it's just, t- you know, the talent is down in the city, but I have other issues with the city too. Um, Chicago Public Schools just created a Super League, which is some bullshit.
0: A what? What's it called? Um,
1: a Super League. Chicago Public Schools used to have the, the Red Division, the Blue Division, the Green Division, like, the different divisions. Yep. And in the Red Division, you had the Red West, which was, like, Farragut, Marshall, Crane, or, you know, whatever. And then you had the Red North, which was, like, Uplift, Lincoln Park, you know, yada, yada. You had the the Red Central, which was, like, Curry. Uh, you had the different divisions yeah. of... Um, of uh, you know, the Red South, Kenwood, High Park, different divisions of, of Charlotte Public Schools. Legendary divisions. Like the Red West was the legendary division. Every game was murderer's row. And they actually just um created like two super divisions where it's teams from all over the city. It's twelve teams from all over the city. I think it's like Whitney Young, um Uplift.
0: Just the Barry, upper South echelon.
1: The upper echelon where they just play each other. So completely eliminated the history of these like amazing Rivalries and divisions to create a super league, which also makes it so. I I was already mad, like getting mad that every good player in the city is now going to Whitney Young and Simeon because they can recruit, and Morgan Park because those two schools are magnet schools and can recruit around the city because they don't have um, geographic limits. Right. So it's already swaying in that direction. But now it's created so these 12 schools can recruit all the best players and none of the other schools have a chance. How are you supposed to? compete in your in your league in the division if, if
0: you You know you need players.
1: Yeah. It's like what if I'm a if I'm a kid, why am I gonna go to, you know, Lincoln Park if they're not in the super league, you know? It's messed up. Um, it's creating an imbalance and that's not what our city's about. The Chicago Public School is historic is it's sixty four teams in, in the red division and all sixty four of those teams have a chance. It's like the N C A tournament they all come into the city playoffs at the end of the year with a chance to win. And now you're making it where it's like you know the the NBA where you got the Cavs and the Warriors and no one else. Everyone's just playing for third. It's it's some bullshit.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. When did that start?
1: This year is the first year they had the Super League.
0: Wow. Yeah. No, I feel that. That does. That just pulls. Yeah. That just pulls the the rug out of everyone that's not in the Super League. They don't get any players. They don't get any pub. Yeah, they don't get anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. And I mean. Along with that, you know, obviously the, the, the newspapers are dying as, as a trade, as, a, as an industry. So, like, the Sun-Times used to be able to cover every high school game, and now they're probably only able to cover the Super League. Like, as a whole, high school hoops is, like, becoming more talk-heavy. It's like, if you're not covered by Ball is life, if you're not covered by the newspaper, if you're not in the Super League, you don't exist. And that's why people like me are so important, and that's why I wish there were more people like me and, 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 and wanted to join forces with me, because I... Don't care. I don't. Care. If you're in the Super League, you don't need me. If you can't get a scholarship in the Super League, then, then you're not good enough. But there's all these other kids in the city. There's there could be a kid who is at you know some some school that you never heard of that goes from six three to six seven during his junior year, and he has a chance to play. But who's going to find him if he's not in the Super League? If he's not covered by the papers, the ball is like, who are they going to call? So they got to call me, and that's my my duty to make sure that all of those kids are looked out for. And I just wish that that more people cared.
0: How how many games are you catching on a d- during the season? Are you watching hoops every 5 days a week?
1: No, it, it used to be that. It used to be that, but now I have I have uh, a girlfriend who I live with, so I I, I can't. Yeah, those watch are pretty time consuming, Loki. key she's you know, she's wonderful, but <laughs> I can't watch it every night cuz I got to like take a couple nights off. Right. But it's funny like now like it used to be where I would watch every game. I don't think I watched more than three high school basketball games last year because it's like it's almost like a misuse of my time. If I spent an hour watching a high school basketball game just to find out one kid is good, but there's all these other games going on, it's better if I use that hour to call ten coaches to say who's your best player, and find out you know that way. So it used to when I started, I had to go to every game to build my network to find out you know watch the game, scout the players. But now it's more so. A a job of sourcing information and redistributing it. So, are you going
0: off word of mouth though? Because if I mean, if I'm a coach and you call me and my guy's not that good, I'm going to gas him and say, Yeah, this dude's definitely a hooper. Put him in the show. Well, here's the good news with the
1: internet, before the internet, before YouTube, I had to go to every game to watch the guys. But now, if a guy says, My guy is this good, and then I pass along word to a coach and they watch the film, they're like, Damn, that guy's not that good. You know, then that I won't trust that coach anymore. So a coach can't really lie on his kid yeah. because you got filmed to, to to prove it, and you can't trust highlight videos. You got to actually watch a game. And again, I'm not watching high school film. I don't have time. If I watched every bit of high school film that was sent to me, I wouldn't have to, I, I, I wouldn't have time in the day. But yeah. I have people who I trust who I can send it to coaches, whatever. Say hey, this tell me what you think of this kid. And it all kind of works itself out. But now the film speaks for itself, and and if you don't have film, you know.
0: The film doesn't lie, never does, bro. Doesn't lie, never lies.
1: Highlight video,
0: highlight videos lie. The game film doesn't lie. Highlight video, I I agree with that one hundred percent. And hopefully Mitchell Trubisky's highlight reel isn't lying. He they play tonight, and yeah, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, oh, what no time doubt.
1: do they play?
0: I think seven thirty, something oh, when like that. Yeah, right we get off. Yeah, right when we get, s- off, yeah, right I'm when we get off, off, I'm firing that up. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. So I mean, I'll, I'm gonna skip my, the next question was changes you wanted to see in Chicago hoops. I think you kind of went through that just with the whole upper division, just yeah, keeping it more, keeping it a more play, a more fair playing playing field for everybody else that's not in the Super League, that type of stuff. Let's get into the fun stuff, man. Who is your favorite? Chi- I know this is a loaded question. I already know that, but I gotta ask it. I want to hear what you're gonna say, and I want to hear why you picked the player. Who is your? Ch- a favorite Chicago Hooper of all time of all time. Good you can, question. Yeah. You can give me one of your favorites and why, I mean, I know that's such a loaded question, but yeah, who is it? Give me somebody.
1: I'll give you like a, a, uh, let me think there's two that are coming to mind. I'm going to think of one more. Let me think of one more. Let me think of one more. I got one
0: more. Let me think of one more. One more. Um,
1: so my there's so hero, many
0: hoopers that have come out it's crazy
1: yeah my hero growing up was john shire who well, isn't really a chicago hooper he's a suburban hooper yeah like, now that counts my hero when i was when i was a kid because he was a you know white guy and looked like me you know i mean not exactly like me but it was like someone who came from where i came from the suburbs white dude not that athletic but he was a baller and it made me as a kid believe like I can do it too, you know. Yeah. Now I, I maybe I thought I was like Shire. Uh, I wasn't like Shire when I got on the court, but you know he was one of my heroes. And he's an assistant coach at Duke now, and it's still crazy to me when he calls my phone and I'm like, wow, like John Shire calling me. You know, like that was that was the guy for me growing up.
0: Um, yeah, that he was the guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. He was a monster, and he he wasn't scared to play. I, it, like that whole white connotation, obviously. He he always got that. One. That's the white boy Hooper. He can hoop. He can shoot it. But man, he showed up all the time. When won a national championship at Duke. Yeah, now a, an assistant coach had that freak yeah. accident where he got poked in the eye and he couldn't play anymore.
1: Yeah, lost vision in one of his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then growing up, I mean, Derek was you know after I started it. Derek when I started my website, I was a sophomore in high school and Derek was a senior and that year was really special to me. And what made me really fall in love with Chicago basketball was watching Derek play. And, you know, my story will always be intertwined with his and I'll always have these incredible memories of watching him growing up and how awe inspiring he was. And he was the original hoop mixtape; like his mean streets highlights were out of this world. I still have never seen a highlight video like that. And yeah. it's still like I can watch it to this day and, you know, just be blown away. And, um, you know, he, his story was always special to me. He was always special to me. And that's gotta be the guy who holds the throne for me in my life. And he always will. I still have a program from his last high school game, autographed by him. They won that's the state sick. championship. Yeah, they won the state championship by forty five points and he only scored two points because he wanted to get his teammates involved and get them to shine. Um he had like a bunch of assists. Um, so I was, I remember interviewing him after that game and writing a story. There's actually a picture of us from that night that someone took candidly of me interviewing him. And, um, yeah, that, that's always going to be my guy. But there's also been a lot of like fun ones, um, you know, throughout the years. Um, like I said, Darius Smith from Marshall was the man. He was like a do it all type of guy. There was AJ Rompse from, from Whitney Young, who was this little white kid who just had a heart and was just a baller. And, um, I remember being in like the sweaty packed Hales Franciscan gym and he hit a game winner and ran over to their student section and like hold up held up the one, you know, finger and he almost got mobbed if the teammates hadn't protected him and carried him out. Like there were so many good hoopers over the years. I mean Greg yeah. Tucker from Lake Park, you know, rest in peace. Jonathan Mills from from North Lawndale, rest in peace. Jonathan Mills, this dude was a six four power forward who dominated the Red West from North Lawndale. I remember in the state playoffs. He put up 22 points and 23 rebounds in a, a super-sectional game to go downstate in an overtime game against Englewood. Um, so his teammate, John Taylor, from North Lawndale, who was his guard, who could actually shoot with his right and left hand, one of the only ones I've ever seen shoot in-game with both hands, and was a knockdown three-point shooter.
0: Um, We're talking about pull-up you know, jump shots?
1: Pull-up jump shots, left or right, depending on which side you coming from. He'll go a whole game shooting with the left, and then a whole game shooting with the right, and he was equally lethal. Wow, that's uh, great! He's playing pro down in Dominican Republic now. Uh, Fabian Harris from Hyde Park was a killer, five nine, and it could just destroy you um, off the dribble.
0: Dude, you're um, showing off right now! My God,
1: there's just so many people <laughs> over here just like an illustrious memory. It's just like, man, it was our city produces hoopers and, and they guards, usually they're guards. Yeah, no know? doubt. The, yeah. The, the bigs get drafted, the you know Jalils and Jabaris and Cliffs, but when it's in high school the, the bigs are developing and the guards are, are king.
0: No doubt. It's funny, man. I uh back in uh when D was when Derek Rose was a senior, I'd heard about him, obviously, and I never caught him play. And I went to the United Center and caught the super sectional when he caught that oop, and fl- I don't even remember who he flushed it on. It was a two. He flushed it two hands. I think it was back-to-back possessions. He caught a oop, then got a steal or something, and went down the other day and did a 360 windmill or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking you about. You
0: know what I'm talking about? And I was like, dude, yeah, yeah. this dude is an animal. So that was the first yeah. time I went down and caught him and caught him live, which was sick. So, yeah, man, there's tons and tons of Chicago hoopers you just named. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I remember the first time I saw Derek live was that – that, that my sophomore year, his senior year, and they were playing at Chicago State. It was like the first game of the year, like a shootout, you know, it's like the first game of the year. I mm-hmm. go to Chicago State, and it was the old German Chicago State. My dad drove me to 95th Street. So we go from Evanston to 95th Street, and it's the, the, the game is sold out. So there's a mob of people outside trying to get in. But I knew one of the coaches at Chicago State. I was 15. I already knew this guy named Craig Shaman, who's actually an Evanston grad. So he let us in, in the back door, and we go in to watch this game. And I remember um, they were playing, I want to say they were playing Austin High School, but they might have been playing Thornton. They were playing one of those two. Yeah. And I remember this play where Derek, um, like, someone got a steal, I want to say, or whatever. it was like a fast break with the kid from the other team, and he's going to shoot a layup. And Derek jump, runs from one end of the floor to the other, jumps from the free throw line, and pins his layup. Comes out of nowhere. Kid thinks he has an easy way. If Derek jumps from the free throw line, pins the layup against the glass, like a spider monkey or something crazy, (laughs) like never.
0: Crowd went crazy? You're right. Okay.
1: I I just, I was like, where did he come from and how did he do that? Um, And that was when I was hooked. Like, that was it.
0: Yeah. No, dude. That's, dude, these are all great stories. All right. My final question. This is, this is what's, this is something that I talk about all the time with tons of different people, and I want your answer, opinion, because I think you'll have a, a good reason. Why don't more Chicago kids go to Illinois schools? All those kids you named, why aren't they going to Illinois? Why aren't they going to DePaul? I've had the argument about DePaul that I'm not going to – if I'm a five-star, I'm not going to go to DePaul if they show me the campus. They should they sell me on the city life, the campus in the city, and then they put me on a bus, and then we have to drive 40 minutes to go at Allstate. Because that's where we play. I, I mean, I get that part of it, but what about Illinois? Why don't more kids go to Illinois? Why don't more kids stay yeah. in Illinois and, and, and play college ball?
1: Well, yeah, DePaul. It was as simple as that. It's always yeah. like been the arena thing. You know, no one wants to play at All-State. and I think the new McCormick Place will help, but it's still not on campus. Like if yeah. I was DePaul, this whole time I would have been playing at their practice gym, which I think mean, the girls play there, which it's not like the, it's not a Big East level gym but at least you can get that environment. You can get people in there. Like, it's just you can't I, – I, hopefully the McCormick Place Arena will help, but it's like I went it's to It's a, a band-aid, though. You year. know
0: what I'm saying? It's a band-aid on it. Like, they're just – it's just like, yo, fix the problem or don't. Don't half fix it. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, they have fixed it. And, and like, yeah, like, Georgetown. I went to a Georgetown game this year. And they play at the same stadium as the Wizards, and it was the same thing. I went to a Georgetown versus Maryland game, two local teams, and there was no one there. Kids don't want to have to – let's be real. Kids, College kids want to get drunk, stumble to the game, and stand in the student section and act like an idiot. All day. That's what they want. 100%. And that's, and that's what's going to create the right environment. Like If, if kids at Indiana University had to hop on a, a train or a bus to get to their – you know, whatever, like that.
0: It, it's it, not going to happen, happening. bro.
1: But that's, but a lot of these, but that, and again, it's like a lot of these college towns, they have unlimited land to build on it. And, and, and Lincoln Park, where are you going to, where are you going to build it?
0: Yeah, that's how true too. That? That's true how too.
1: How is it college, is it possible? Though, I should say, I feel like across the street from that Whole Foods on Fullerton. There's and some room good, down there. Like,
0: if they really wanted to make it happen, they can make it happen.
1: They can make it happen. Yeah. Like, there's a few different areas in that area. But what about like, Illinois?
0: But what about Illinois?
1: Well, Illinois, there's a reason. There's a reason.
0: Is it just no CPS connection? They don't have a good enough connect. Like the the Weber and those guys that have come after him don't just didn't have a connection to the city. Well, here, here's part of it. Here's part of it. Here's,
1: here's part of it. Is um there's well there's one reason. The secret reason I won't I can't say. But part of it. The real reason. So is there's a, know, but
0: there but there is there's a secret reason.
1: There's some reasons, but look, part of it is this. Look at it. Look at it. If you're a five-star recruit, and of course, okay, so bigger picture, you could say, why don't five-star recruits go to Illinois? You could say they should. It'd be great to build the this and the that, but if you're a five-star recruit, is it your responsibility to build the local school? Is it your responsibility Uh, to take a risk?
0: Absolutely not.
1: No, you have one life, so don't.
0: You what know what? Okay, this is, what but, the, do, right. Right, but this is right. But that's that, th- those are almost even different level cats. I understand if you're the the one the, you're the best point guard in the country and you want to go to Duke, Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky. I get that. But what about the what about the four star guys? What about the guys picking like you what about the guys picking through? like Nebraska over Illinois and shit like that? Have you been to Champagne? Yeah, I've been to Champagne. Yeah, it's not it's have not you as bad. To, as, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Have you
1: been to Gainesville, Florida? Have you been to Tucson? Like you, have, you go to one SEC tailgate and you're like, "Wait, I could be doing this. I could be with these girls doing this, or I could be in Champagne." Like,
0: is that what it is? Because I, because I, yeah. you, know, you know where I went. Well, you know where I went to school. I went to Arizona State, and if that's the case, yeah. then all then we should have the best sporting. We should have the best school. We should have the best athletics in the world facilities are there it's always hot there's females everywhere
1: you need need the vibe and you need the coaching staff and you need the resources and you need the fans and like like Illinois has the resources and the coaches and the fans but they don't have that x factor but then again hey Wisconsin and Indiana win and there's the same
0: issue there um right that's what I'm that's 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 the question that's what I'm saying
1: but it's, it's Illinois you can't it's not a place that you can't win it's a place that you can win but you have to be creative I think Underwood I think the new staff there For a multitude of reasons, are going to do well. They're going to succeed. Like I fully believe in the new staff. I like the last staff as people; those are my guys. But I don't think that they were the right staff, and I think this this new staff is going to get it done. um,
0: Because right, because it just hurts my heart. Yo, I get it. If you're the top guy, go to Duke. All right, that's fine. Go play for Coach K. But like, man, when you see when you see Illinois and DePaul and those guys lose to little itty, not little schools, but other Big Ten schools, it's like, come on, dog. Like, we got to fix this, man. Let's let, let's get these boys down to Illinois, man, ASAP. So, yeah, and
1: you need a coach who can go toe to toe with the other coaches in the league. You look at Big Ten, it's Murderers Road. You know, you've got D-Line and, and Matt Painter, and you used to have Bo Ryan and Tom Crane who are going out. Yeah, Tom, Matt. You, got, you had Thad Mata who's gone out. You had Tom Izzo. You know, it used to, honestly, we lost some of the strongest coaches. Thad. Tom Crane and, and Bo Ryan, we lost some of that top heaviness. So you yeah. got to go toe to toe with some really good coaches night in and night out. Um, and I think with Underwood, we have somebody who, who who's an alpha who can. Who, he's not going to be scared of Archie Miller at Indiana. He's not going to be scared yeah. of Richard Richard Pitino. He's not scared of, of Fran McCaffrey. He's he's well. He's not even scared of to though. Underwood's ready to go toe to toe with those guys. So I, I think you know I think we're in a good spot right now.
0: See, I mean, I need to know this secret. Can you you can't give me a peek into the secret on what what it really is? Uh, no, nah, even nah. like an outlier, like a little nah, bit of sorry. like a. <laughs> Are <Part laughs> being
1: insiders? You don't tell secrets. I feel
0: you. I get that. I get that. Is is it like a? Is it a relationship thing? Is it? Yeah. No. Nah, no.
1: Nah, but but look, but but I think DePaul is about to start winning. Though I was actually just up at their gym yesterday. Um, and they have they have uh, uh, they have some good guys in the pipeline, and and I think they hire the right staff too. People thought when they brought in uh, their new coaching staff that it, that you know it was a downgrade or that it was you know whatever like they were being cheap. No, they got some good coaches on there. They got some recruiters. They they're they're going to do all right. Um, and I think the Paul's going to, regardless of the stadium situation, I think they're going to be on the up and up too.
0: All right, yeah, that's good to hear, man. Because I. Uh... I'd love to be able to go catch some some big time hoops close to town that wasn't garbage. Like I caught Villanova DePaul last year, and I went all the way out there, and they got they got mashed out. But like, I'd love to be able to keep it local and and, and do that soon. So, looking forward to that. Yo, DP man, my boy came on. Yo, I appreciate the time, bro. I hope you had a good time. Interesting facts, oh, wow. bro. You you spitting you spitting the truth. I'm uh I'm super excited for Shot in the Dark that's coming soon that's the flick, Evan Turner showcase next year coming up, all the stuff you got on the horizon man I'm looking forward to checking it all out and uh thanks for coming on Doc.
1: I appreciate you having me I had a blast we'll do it again soon and uh, um looking forward to watching this Bears game thanks for the heads up.
0: Hey all day bro I'll talk to you soon man Daniel Poneman at Daniel Poneman on Twitter check him out DP thanks bro.